You know things, I know some too. Sit right down, the will explain them to you. If there's a thing you want to explain, these two feminists can entertain. Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know. Tune in for the Femsplain Show. Femsplain! Hello, Diana. Hi, Avalon. And hi, listeners. Ah, uh, whatever. I'm whatever. here for Avalon, really. That right. headphones wearing blue-eyed mistress Budicata. of the day is Avalon. <laughs> And that superhero of all the hospitals in the world Aww. is Diana. Yes, the neurosurgeon. Um, me. Welcome to Femsplained, everybody. Welcome. Yep, Femsplained is a podcast that you're listening to right now, but it is not just any podcast. It is a girls-only clubhouse podcast where two queer femme humans get to nerd out over something they feel passionate about. But that doesn't mean that people of every gender and non-gender can't listen, laugh, and learn with us. But we feel like it's super important and powerful to have these femme-led conversations about our experiences. Heck yeah! Last week, I got to femsplain to Diana and you all about, not all about, some about Sailor Moon. It was It's going to have to be, there's going to have to be at least three more parts. Oh yeah, we're gonna do more Sailor Moon and we're gonna do more D and D. Those are our those are our special interest topics that yeah. we need to do more episodes about. What can you? I'm sorry. What can you equate that to in terms of um, character? Like, those are our proficiencies. Those are our. Oh yeah, those are those are our proficiency characters. Yeah, like we we uh, we get extra extra bonuses. When we roll on the D and D and Sailor Moon <laughs> uh, Excellent. scale, excellent. Oh, um, so so yeah. So now we at least now. So our character sheets as podcasters are developing as we're learning more about ourselves and we're on this journey um, because none of this is real, listeners. Yeah. Your life is not real. Yeah, you're this all... Is all one big role playing game. Avalon and I are 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 coming out of the closet as solipsists right now and uh, none of this exists except for in our individual minds yes there is a dungeon master somewhere it's me oh it's a lot of multitasking yeah yeah i guess i have god powers so that's why um okay i'm able to do all of those things now it's cats finally out of the bag avalon Wow. Put it back in. <laughs> Put it right back in that bag. <laughs> well, this week we're going to do something different. This is going to be one of our mutual episodes. Uh, we are going to come together in a nerdgasm and talk all about something that we both are super into. Yeah. And I like these episodes because they tend to be, they tend to be the ones where we talk about other things because <laughs> yeah. um, there's not a lot of questions to ask we're like you love this i love this wow that's yeah. crazy. what was your yeah. fucking childhood like and exactly. then yeah <laughs> yeah all right well and we've and it's a big episode actually i feel like we we just kind of like came up or decided on not came up with the topic kind of at the last minute but it's kind of a big one it is a big one uh francis but, uh, our mansplainer why don't we let him tell us what it is Okay. In a man's plane, man. Ooh, 
one minute on the man watch and go. All right, so if there's one thing that I know about, it is the Russell C. Davis's episodes of Doctor Who. He is the one who came before Stephen Moffat. Now, Stephen Moffat, he's a pretty cool bro. I think we can all agree. But nothing beats those David Tennant seasons. Holy crap. I know girls only started watching Doctor Who after Matt Smith because he's so dreamy. But ladies, David Tennant's episodes, they really, they were the thinking man's episodes. Before it became all about romance and giving kisses to River's song and having babies and all those things gals like, Doctor Who used to really mean something to us fellas who were watching it first with Russell C. Davis. And so that's why you should go out today. And honestly, I have nothing more to say about the subject of Russell C. Davies. That's your mansplaining minute. Well, I'm going to say that that was probably pretty solid. I, you know what? I think that, I think that he's, you know, I think that he's usually got it on point. He's no, uh, he never has it on point. <laughs> but this happens to be a week where he might. Good. I want to, I'm very excited to hear that. Well, so Avalon and I are going to talk about Doctor Who. Yay. Who? Who? The Doctor. The one. Ah. The singular one. There's only one? There's only one Doctor. He. I thought there were like 12 or 13. Look, Avalon, it's sort of like a, a, a Catholic church type of, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Holy Ghost. I'm already. Oh, Uh, God. Don't even get me started on this. If you are not Catholic, that shit makes no sense. No kidding. If you. Of course it doesn't (laughs) because it's ridiculous. But. but, I just want to understand. I just want to understand. But it it does leave precedence for how three different separate entities can also be the same exact singular entity. If you believe in magic. So, Doctor Who. Not just Doctor Who. <laughs> no. Specifically, because Doctor Who is a big ass topic. Doctor, Doctor Who, Who has a big fat ass. Has a big fat ass. We are <laughs> instead. And you discovered it. I did. I Columbus to that butt. Uh, <laughs> we are going to start off here talking about Doctor Who in the like Russell T. Davies era of yeah. Doctor Who. So and that's all we're talking about. That's is Russell it. T. Davies Doctor Who. That's it. Just so that leaves us with the revival of the series up until yes. do you know exactly when was it um So it's just up until what's his face dies, right? What's his face? What's his face? MCB. Uh, <laughs> what yeah, what's his face? I don't know. I just care about his face. David <laughs> I hope you're yes. talking about David Tennant. And I am. I, I'm looking at a giant picture of his face right now as I say, what's his face? Okay. Well, okay. his face is very important to his me so important. and everyone. This, this, this episode is just going to digress to talking about David Tennant. I know. Um, oh, it is. I can feel it. So, I'm okay with it. So does Ru- Russell T. Davies dies when David Tennant dies? Is that correct? Uh, yes. He's So he's succeeded by Stephen Moffat after that. When with Matt Smith coming on board, but Ma- but Moffat had done some scattered episodes during uh, Davies' tenure, but like the arcs, um, the the uh, continuity that we have throughout those first four 
seasons is thanks to my man, Davies. And we have him to thank for Captain Jack, who is like right. a super important character to me. Like probably most people with a sex drive. I like him at the end. I like him when he's the big old toe. When he's the big fa- old lump. <laughs> when he's the face of Bo, which fucking yeah. <laughs> holy shit. What a what a weird what a weird mm-hmm. reveal that was. I, I, I liked I, I saw them talk about that reveal in an interview about how they like all ran immediately to each other's trailers, like freaking out after they read that script. No! <laughs> and that makes me happy. I like, I like, I like that the actors get surprised by these things just the same way that we do. Yeah, awesome. I bet that's pretty exciting. I bet, like, especially for like Game of Thrones actors. It yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah. I wonder if maybe they they don't even all get to know. They probably just get their own scripts. I think so, especially because some of them yeah. don't ever film on the same sets as each other in right. a lot of uh, instances. Where with Doctor Who, there's there's less of that. Everybody's still in a contained set. But still, like when you get the script, like sometimes like right before you start filming and you find out that you are going to be a big toe someday. You know, that's pretty... <laughs> I think we should all come to terms with the fact that we're going to be big toes someday. (laughs) Okay, so it seems like it's the easiest way to remember when it was Russell T. Davies steering the ship. It's pretty much any time Rose is there. Uh, What? It's just like start to finish Rose is is like the same Mm -hmm. framing. So there's two different doctors within his tenure. Yes. But 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 the Rose is the continuity within his time. Ooh, that is that bad? No, it's not a bad way. No, I love that, but I just know that lots of people would be upset that you're defining his tenure by Rose because a lot of people are annoyed by Rose and her existence, I guess. But I I, that's news to me because I don't have the time to be annoyed by Rose, I am way too busy being annoyed by I know, I know, later girls, I know, I know. So, so it did. It actually, I think, did help to define both how different each incarnation of the Doctor was while still, like, making us fully realize that he is still the same person, the same entity, the same being, in that when Rose returns, and, like, when he sees Rose as his new person, as David Tennant's 10th Doctor... He still feels like connected to her to to kind of put it in your face that like, all right, you're looking at a different human being, but it's the same man. It's the same doctor. I actually really struggle with that, especially the more doctors that we get. Yeah, because conceptually, I'm aware that it's the same being that's reincarnated into different forms, but they keep getting further and further and further away from any carryover. Yeah. In either personality or memory or motivation. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I guess that's the point, but I I also don't understand. I feel like there should be some kind of a common thread and maybe there is one that I'm kind of missing out on. But otherwise it just feels like it's a new person each time, which is fine. Yeah. But that's not what they're saying it is. That's not what they're saying it is. It is, uh, all right. So the way... This is this is why I equate it to the the weird you know uh, Catholic Trinity teaching, because it kind of you have to have a suspension of disbelief. You have to have a 
Um, well, sure. You know, because it, it doesn't, of, of course it doesn't make sense that a person can be an entirely different human being with different motivations and, and dreams and feelings and personality and still somehow also be this other person as well. It's nonsense. But that's what we're here for. We're here for some nonsense. We signed on for nonsense. The, the way that I've liked to sort of think about it the most is that you have the ninth doctor. Christopher. Uh, yeah, ninth doctor Eck, is cluck, cluck, uh, cluck, cluck, cluck. Eccleston. Eccleston. Phenomenal actor. And he had a lot of opinions that he brought to the show, which I think helped make the show such a success when it came on board this in this revival. But so I think the doctors are sort of defined by their personalities, their new incarnation is sort of defined by what they were born out of. And in that way, I think it makes it a little bit easier to explain how they could be the same person in the same way that if a human being goes through some sort of big major life change or event, they can change quite a bit. The ninth doctor was born at the end of a galactic war. So with the ninth doctor, you have a lot of fury, you have a lot of rage, you have a lot of do-what-it-takes attitude in him. At the end of his arc, you know, he spends the whole series really uh, kind of jaded at humanity, jaded at, at life in general. And at the end, you have him sacrificing himself for a human being's life. And that's how we get David Tennant's character, the romantic, the hopeful, the inspired by and believing in humanity doctor. And so he's got all of these traits in him. And I don't even want to talk about David Tennant leaving. I don't, I I realized where (laughs) I I was going and now I'm really upset because I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) It made me start tearing up a little bit. Yeah, David Tennant. Does not want to go. And he... Oh, no. I know. I'm sorry. David Tennant uh, wasn't finished. He wasn't ready to leave. So he didn't really choose to go. He was. He felt he had so much more to do. And I think... Wait. David Tennant as a doctor? As a doctor. Or David Tennant as an actor? Well, as an actor, I think David Tennant also didn't really want to go either. Why did he go? He could still be, he, it could just still be him and I know. it would be fine. I'd be fine with it. Although I wound up liking Matt Smith a lot, but Matt Smith, his. Matt Smith is fine, but yeah. I just. I know. Yeah. I know. To, I, I do have that like David Tennant is the doctor to me, but his like reluctance to leave him not wanting to be done. And I think that that's how we get Matt Smith, who is childlike. And like brand new and kind of Hmm. dumb and naive, uh, at least at first, silly and goofy and like reluctant to take anything seriously. So I guess I didn't really think about that. I I feel like I've been I've encountered this sort of explanation for their new personalities before, but it didn't really. I don't know. I guess I didn't really actually think about it. But that's not something that I I felt intuitive about as a viewer. I kind of thought it was just like new actor, what could they bring to the table? Let's workshop it, and then let's just sort of pretend like there's a reason why that's who they are. Oh, this absolutely could be me trying to find continuity where no, there I is like none. It. I like uh, it. But, that, but that's just how I've seen it. Okay, it, can you explain to me then the Smith-Capaldi? 
I can't because okay. I have I have because fuck all of that to I have no idea. I have no okay. and I just don't want to honestly. I actually really like Capaldi. I am sure. I think he got great. pulled too quickly. As uh, soon as he had a good companion, I thought that was a solid season. Yeah, see I didn't make it that far cuz I was too frustrated all the time. I agree, but you're the one who made me watch the last season cuz of how awesome Bill is. I never saw that, so that doesn't make thought, any sense. No, you're I thought I went out. I really went out on a limb and trusted you and watched this show <laughs> because you told me how awesome Bill is. I did not talk about how awesome Bill is. I have no idea who Bill is. That brings us to the plot of Doctor Who. It's time travel. <laughs> so clearly, Diana from the future. <laughs> came back and told me how awesome Bill is so that I would then tell Diana in the past to watch it because of how awesome Bill is. Yeah, which is how time travel works. You can just kind of loop-de-loop around wherever you want. And uh, and there are very few consequences to that, uh, except for when it would be um, convenient for a plot hook. So it's um, time travel is a, is a fun plot device that I think I think Doctor Who uses in a way that is just fun enough to not like make me care whether or not it makes sense. Do you know what I mean? I do I do care sometimes. Sometimes specifically when the stakes are so high, it's it feels like there's no reason that when they get out of the situation they can't go back and give themselves a hand. I don't you know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't understand why that never happens. Especially when someone really important dies or something. Oh, yeah. Like, it would not... Why aren't you just sending yourself, like, post-it notes back yeah. in time to, like, not go to that planet? Yeah, so you 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 want to punch David Tennant in the face when he tells you that something is fixed in time. Yeah. <laughs> These are a fixed point. Some points are fixed, some points are in flux, and we I guess make I, it up I as actually, we go. <laughs> I, I, I feel actually okay about that. At least they bothered to sort of acknowledge the fact mm-hmm. that there's no... Goddamn yeah. reason. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So we all love. When was the first time you saw David Tennant's face, Diana? It was Doctor Who. That was the that was the first time I saw his face. So I watched. All right. So I lived in South Carolina in hell and I had God. I had no friends. I had nothing to do. So I started watching Doctor Who because of how long it was. Like I at that point. Uh, <laughs> there was just so much of it. So I was like, oh, this will take up a lot of time. And, you know, people had recommended it to me or whatever. So I started with, you know, with Eccleston's doctor right from the beginning. And the first time, actually, I, I like fell asleep. Like, it's hard. Uh, through like the first episode, I fell asleep. The budget is just so low. And everything's very dark. It's so like, dark. It's very yeah. just dark. Like the actual coloring is dark. Yeah, so yeah. I just, the like, lighting put, is really poor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it just put me to sleep, and I but I kept putting it on and like falling asleep and going through it, uh, and then uh, one episode in the beginning of David Tennant's tenure. What episode was it? Oh, yeah. So, Girl in the Fireplace. I watched. Which one was that? That episode. Oh. That's yeah. That's the one with 
for it's one it's to this day one Does of it, my favorite episodes. It's um with the the clock robots that yeah uh, were on the ship and they find like the 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 ship has like these breaks in time that go across this one woman's life, and so yeah. they're like following her life uh, all while they walk around the ship. Uh, one Rose is there, but also uh, Mickey is there. There's just so much good stuff about that episode, and. Um, I watched that one, like, got super hyped, and then I went back to the beginning and watched every episode intently uh, because of that. What about you? How'd you, uh, how'd you get into it? Well, so I, so first of all, I liked David Tennant way back. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, not really. But I did have, like, so I was on an airplane flying from the UK back to the United States one summer mm-hmm. and they had BBC mini series instead <gasps> of like movies that you oh, could watch. Yes. And they had, which I guess was new at the time, his um, Casanova BBC I miniseries. I loved that Casanova miniseries. I loved yeah. it. So good. And I was like 15 on an airplane, like, <laughs> having feelings. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I Ooh, got there's like, a lot there. It was yeah, and I was just like this is the most charming boyish grin I've ever seen in my entire life and I am just dying. Yeah. Um so then like fast forward when I when I became aware that he was doing and then he has a very small role in one of the Harry Potter movies that I was like that's Oh yeah, that. that's right. I always forget yeah. about that. And then, so when he was on Doctor Who, I was like, oh, I really feel like I need to watch that. But a lot of the people I was meeting who were into Doctor Who were just sort of too much for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's and, a thing. And then it becomes one of those things where, like, you're just shitting on it for the sake of shitting on it because I'm, I'm not a good person. I need to be more open-minded and less judgy. But I think it finally hit a breaking point where so many people were watching it and there was so much merch and so many references to it that I started feeling like I was left behind. And so I started watching it specifically while, like, cleaning. So I feel like the whole first season, the whole Ninth Doctor, like, I wasn't really paying attention to. Mm -hmm. But I felt really committed to just watching all of it. Yeah. Um, And by this time, it was Matt Smith. So I had, like, a lot to watch. Yeah. Same. And that, that's yeah. yeah. When I started, and I think, Matt Smith had already taken over, but I, I had yeah. to start from the beginning. Yeah. And I think similarly, I wasn't really paying attention until probably like four or five episodes into David Tennant. And then I don't know when it happened. I don't know like when I actually started watching it, but at some point I actually started watching it mm-hmm. uh, and started paying attention. <clears throat> Um, but for those of you who have not seen that Casanova series, watch that Casanova it's series. It's so cute. It's so cute. It's really good. And David Tennant. I got so into it that I read the Casanova journals, which are extensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, do you have, do you have any like episodes that you go back and watch like just as a singular episode? No, but I should. Honestly, I feel like the Davies years are not very fresh in my mind. I've tried a couple of times to start rewatching from the beginning, and I still get stuck with the first four Eccleston episodes. Mm-hmm. So they're just—it's just the proje- the production value is so bad. Yeah, 
It's really hard. So I, I can honestly say that I haven't seen the Tenant episodes in a long time. I mean, there are some, there are a few, and, and this is a weird thing to say because some of, see, I like a lot of Moffat's episodes that he wrote while Davies was the showrunner. Okay, yeah. Like, when he was not in charge of, like, continuity or arcs, and he wrote, like, singular episodes, I think he did a really great job. Um, so, Girl in the Fireplace, Blink. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He had some, just some really great singular episodes. I um, I specifically want to go back and just sort of get a sense of what the whole Bad Wolf thing was, because I don't really remember how what, what the twist was with that. Oh, yeah. You got to why? Yeah, you got to do that. I got to rewatch it. You do. That you um, have to but that you have to rewatch Eccleston's uh season yeah, for that to make That's sense fine. too. Yeah. It feels like a treadmill show. I'm trying to like it's a great the treadmill shows show. that I binge to treadmills. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's I'm Jessica Jonesing right now, which coincidentally, I know. I haven't gotten to I haven't gotten to that yet though. Oh, okay. I don't. So I still don't know how that what that's gonna look like. Okay. No. I hope it's not insignificant though, because if it's just like a dream sequence, I'm gonna get really pissed. I know. I need it, <laughs> I need it to be more than that. I'm not. I mean, um, I'm pissed about second season Jessica Jones for a lot of reasons, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bore you with that. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, mm-hmm. I want to talk about that. Okay. Oh, we um, will. You gotta finish so, my I think the first episode I ever watched of Doctor Who, though, just because it happened to be on, was the Ancient Rome one, and I thought the, it was stupid. The Pompeii, no cont- yeah, the I had no context, Pompeii? and um, I was just like, "This is too much. This is too <laughs> campy, and I don't know what the fuck's going on." It's hard to get used to Donna Noble at first. It's yeah. she's in particular, I had a hard time falling in love with her. But then when I did, it was undying and and burns to this day. So, yeah, yeah I got um, there as well. Yeah. yeah. But, but she's a hard start because she's very, oh. very loud and a little bit grating. But best companion Be- and, and why is a question. Not, not me saying that about Donna. Ah, uh, yeah. I know that a lot of people don't like Martha Jones. And I think those people are objectively wrong. Is she the doctor? She's a companion. You said oh. best, best companion. I was asking, is she the companion who's the medical doctor? Oh, oh, it, yeah, duh. Uh, yes, yes, she's the okay. doctor. Yeah, I yeah. like her. You do? Good. Okay, yeah. I was nervous about that. because She's just not around like, for very long. She's not around for very long, but she she helps break the stereotype that every companion is going to be a love interest for the doctor. She brings her own brilliance to every like scenario and to, she has her own solutions to problems a lot of the time. Not to say that Rose doesn't or that Donna Noble doesn't also, but um, there are more focuses on their personalities clashing, like Rose having personality differences with the doctor, Donna Noble mm-hmm. having like moral uh, disagreements with the doctor. Martha Jones has her own her own intelligence and her own like solutions to problems. Um, yeah, I think I, she's great. Yeah, I love her for that. I could definitely have more Martha or more Martha esque companions. You know, like where 
Maybe we rotate through them a little bit quicker sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I want, what I really want is I want a spinoff series of Martha and Mickey being super in love in a, in a war zone and fighting aliens and being fucking superheroes because I love that. We got about approximately four seconds of, of screen time for that. And that. I want a whole show of Martha Jones and Mickey saving the world. That's what I why want. Were, why were, what was happening with that force? This was, scene? this was at the very end. This was at the end of tenants, uh, go round. And he like, as he's like saying goodbye to all his companions, one, um, thing that he does is he goes and like helps them out real quick in like a, what were they fighting? The aliens. They were fighting some, which, some, but which aliens? I, I don't remember if it was. I feel yeah. like it was the um, what were the what were the toes, you know, the little toes, not the big toe. I don't remember. No, I don't know. The one where it ended up being one of them ended up being with the lizard lady. With the lizard lady? No, no. Okay. Although um, I love that couple so much. Oh my god, I love it. You don't love it. Why are they sometimes in Victorian London and sometimes they're not? They they hunt. Uh, serial killers. So they go to d- different time periods to hunt down and, and kill and eat serial killers. There, there are things I like about them and there are things I don't like about them. But that is not Davies. That's not Davies. That's not. We no. shouldn't have limited ourselves to Davies. I know. <laughs> um, so Davies did a good job. I, um, I'm i thinking now about companions and it feels like Tennant. Tennant's the only person in the modern Doctor Who's who actually goes through companions the way that he's supposed to, I feel like. Yes. Does anybody else have more than one companion besides? Well, no, because Smith has, even though he has more than one, they stay with him like the entire time. He doesn't get new companions and that's, I love them, but it's kind of, it's kind of irritating. And then, um, and then we have fucking Clara. And we can and we can ride that train for the next couple of years, and then, and then that's it. Yeah. So so uh, Smith cycles through. Uh, no, Tennant cycles through companions in a, in the normal way. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just thinking about how much I hate Clara. That's all right. That's all right. That's what we're here Ooh, for. My this blood is, pressure is up. I know. Um, okay. Anger, so rage. you like Mickey, huh? I like Mickey. I think he got the fucking short end of the stick there. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't think, I think it's fine that Rose, you know, fell in love with the doctor and, and went off with him. Like, good for you, Rose. Do your shit. But, you know, I don't know. Tell Mickey about it. Like, yeah. like, like tell him it's over at least. <laughs> let him, let him know. I feel like <laughs> I just dragged it out weirdly or I don't know. I felt like Mickey was always a plot device. And then they tried to make him a character after he had just been a plot device for a long time. And I was already, I had already had to become emotionally detached from Mickey so that I didn't dislike Rose. Yeah. And yeah. Like, it's it's hard. Here, it makes, like, it makes Rose. Go get your own friends, Mickey. Like you broke up. <laughs> yeah. But like, did you? Because Rose, Rose was a little bit eh, in the beginning there. She was, she was sort of uh, uh, playing, playing both avenues, but but I think, you know, Rose is not to not to bring up the problematic parts of the show, but Rose is a fucking 19-year-old girl. So she's not perfect. Uh she's not I don't think I super, realized that she was uh, that young. 
Yeah, she's 19. Um, oh. when she meets the doctor, she's, she's oh. young. Got a little she, bit of a tuxedo mask situation. A little bit of one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she falls in love with, uh, a 900 year old space wizard. But are uh, they 900 years old? Because they have no memories from their rebirth. So they aren't born sexy yesterday. Yeah. At least Matt Smith is. Matt Smith is born sexy yesterday. <laughs> Okay, but the the doctors have all their memories. The born sexy yesterday trope is like they're naive and and born like without any like understanding of the universe. They're born the opposite with like a complete encyclopedic understanding of the universe. They are But none of their own memories of pers- their own personal experiences. They have all of the memories of their personal experiences. Uh Matt Smith when huh. he's uh, thinking that he's about to die, talks about going to go help Rose Tyler with her homework, which is a fucking creepy ass thing to say, by the way. But he does. Yeah. He like he he remembers these people and like he has uh, visions of Donna Noble and Martha Jones and everything. Like he he remembers it all. Why do I feel like they don't? What is it that they don't have? I feel uh, like there's there's some kind of piece that's disconnected. That's not just the personality. Like the fucking emotional continuity and the fact that you are able to have all those memories and then somehow not be bothered by them uh, like a year yeah, later. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it, it does cheapen it a little bit. It's hard in particular with how important the Rose-Doctor relationship was made to be. Yeah. Uh, and then Matt Smith never mentioning it ever again is sort of a hard thing to 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 think about. But it kind of has to happen. He can't we we can't have that them keep going back to that or coming back to it. But it does sort of. Uh, not, not I guess I yeah. I've always had a harder time with. So my understanding is that the doctor like it's established that the doctor will not fall in love with his companions. Like that's what I thought was the rule going into this, um, Mm -hmm. whatever Renaissance of the series. And then the first companion, the doctor falls in love with. And then that's supposed to be such like an exceptional situation. But then I feel like almost every subsequent companion that at least ones that are around for a while that the doctor is also in love with. Well, no, because it's we have a Peter Pan situation here with the Doctor. But does, have, it just cheapens Rose. Like, Amy and Clara cheapen Rose for me. Well, Amy has Amy has feelings for the Doctor. He doesn't reciprocate yeah. them. That doesn't come back, really. He flirts and, like, he does, like, silly gags at her and he cares for her. But that's not... It doesn't... There's no... I know they don't have romantic love, love, but their level of attachment is, I would say, as much or more than a romantic love. Oh, well, that's fine, though. Like, he, he, yeah, he gets, he gets that attached. Tennant gets that attached to Donna Noble. He's, he's, she's regarded as, like, one of his most important companions. Um, He does not get that attached to Donna. He does. He's, like intertwined with Amy's entire life. I it makes it seem like the doctor only exists as like a, a prop in Amy's life. That's too much. I don't think so. She gets I, the intro. She gets the intro to the show. What do you mean? 
Amy takes over the intro to the entire series for multiple seasons. What do you mean she takes over the intro? Explain that. What do you mean? Because she's like in her little Scottish voice, like narrating the intro about how. Oh, I was like. The whole show becomes about Amy. Yeah. Yeah. That arc was weird. But again, now we're we're talking about Moffat (laughs) writing arcs again. You know what? I know we're all mad about Stephen Moffat. We're all collectively angry about him. But let's let's bring it back to Davies. All right, because let's I bring think, it back to Davies. I'm just bring it okay. back to Davies. I know. Because, because it cheapens that, Rose, that's all I'm saying. I I think a lot of things do cheapen Rose, and I think that that's unfortunate. But I do think that the doctor being this sort of Peter Pan character where every companion is sort of in love with him, including Rose, but he can't reciprocate. Like the doctor Never in his actual form does he once really reciprocate that feeling to her. 10-2 does to Rose. 10-2 is the only one, the one that's now part human and mortal. That one is the one that can fully reciprocate it. We are implied that Tennant's doctor feels the same way. We, We infer that he does, but on multiple occasions he shows that he actually just can't. He doesn't have that capacity to to return that to her because he's so timeless and and ancient and immortal that that love in that context he could get very very close to it but he can't actually return it in the way that she feels it he can't or he isn't I think it's that he can't I think that we're supposed to believe that he can't I thought we were supposed to believe that he was just holding back no I think I think it just doesn't really I think he gets, I think with her, he gets as close to that feeling as he possibly could, as what he is. All right. So for the listeners, (laughs) 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 Doctor, first of all, Doctor Who is a TV show. (laughs) If you are listening to this episode, you don't know what Doctor Who is. No, go away. You're not invited. This is... (laughs) It's a TV show started in 2005. <laughs> yeah. It, the it, protagonist mm-hmm. is an alien who is not a mortal, but pretty close. Um, he's supposed to have 13 regenerations, meaning that he can die and has an opportunity to come back in a new form with all his memories and knowledge intact, but just as a new person. Mm-hmm. Cast new. It's really like the ideal story that you could write for a show where you want to replace your star every once in a while, and you want the show to never end. It's it's perfect, exactly. really. The fiftieth anniversary was when uh, two thousand eleven. Really, was it that long ago? Uh, no, because the the fiftieth anniversary had Tennant, mm-hmm. Smith, and mm-hmm. they could Eccleston will never come back because yeah. he... Because he hates... He hates... Moffat so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't blame him one bit. Yeah, so so they, they we're well past 50 years of this show now going on. So it's, it's, it's done a good job at being kind of timeless like that. Did you like the 50 anniversary episode? 
I did. I liked. I I really liked the the whole arc that was going on during the fiftieth anniversary time period. I don't tend to like the Christmas episodes. Those are the ones that I don't I don't love. But I like the anniversary episodes. Yeah. I do. I like the Christmas episodes. I'm trying to think of a Christmas episode that I liked. Uh, I'll say one word to you, and it's spinning Christmas tree. <laughs> Loved that one. <laughs> I, I what? Oh, that's an. I can't talk about that either. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's another. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, what's another Christmas episode? Yeah. <laughs> it's just that the Christmas episodes, they often, with the actually with the exception of that spinning Christmas tree episode, they're often like outside the 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 arc that's going on. They're a little bit standalone. Yeah, I think they're supposed to be though. Um, they are. Um, I just they've they've often been very like I know the show is cheesy, but they are very cheesy. Oh, that's what they're supposed to be. But I, I, I respect know, if you don't like them. I know. It's just they hit a level for me. <laughs> I'm like, eh. um, don't get All me right. wrong, I watch them, but Oh, of course you do. Give yeah. me the best villain in oh, Davies. Shit. Okay. Wow. You know what? I have two answers for you. Okay. That's fine. You, you need to watch the last season. I do. You do. All right. So I have, I have two answers for you here because my serious answer is, I think, Davros. I think that Davros, Davros is the, um, like the sort of leader of the Daleks. But his, the reason why he's my favorite is that he confronts some of the hypocrisy that the doctor has especially Mm -hmm. during the tenant years where the doctor is like anti-violence anti-gun but he still winds up like putting his companions in grave danger constantly uh and sort of like using them as essentially as like little devices to get his way and davros calling him out on that and i think that villains who who um, hold a mirror up to the protagonist are really well done, and I like that a lot. In terms of sheer entertainment, my favorite enemies are when the Daleks and the Cybermen are both present as an enemy <laughs> at the same time, because there is nothing better than the Daleks and the Cybermen sassing each other to death. There's yes. nothing there's nothing like that. Uh, and I could watch just those scenes over and over again. I agree. Cybermen, I think, conceptually are interesting. And I like, I, I mean, I, I think it's okay when they show up. They're probably my least favorite of, like, the big bads, though. The Cybermen are, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they're fine. Um, but, yeah, whenever they show up, it's just kind of like, I feel like the characters in the show are like, it's a Cybermen! I'm like, all right, it's the Cybermen. Yeah, the Cybermen, when they're alone, have the same dramatic effect as, like, Spy Who Shagged Me or whatever the fuck that movie was called when, like, the steamroller's slowly coming down the road and, like, he's, like, (laughs) screaming for ten minutes, like, perfectly able to get out of the way. The Cybermen kind of have that, like... Diane, I need you to watch the last season Okay, 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 I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. I have to, Um, you know, I have to catch up. Yeah, you're gonna scream and scream. I think just, I mean, if you're not done with the Clara episode, just fuck them. Just start okay, with good, the last episode. I can't episode. do it. I, I don't really do think that. you need to. Yeah. Good. Just pretend like no. they didn't happen. 
Ooh, okay, uh, and like then that. just start with uh, what's his name, Capaldi and Bill. Okay. So I I don't know. God, I I'm feeling like definitely kind of a noob in this particular podcast because I'm not remembering as many details as I feel like I should. Um, so in terms of my favorite bad guy, I'm not. I can't think of like a Davros. Like I can't really think of a character. Mm-hmm. I just want to acknowledge how much I like the Weeping Angels. Ooh, yeah. That well, that's another that's another Mofat writing something really good mm. under Davies as a showrunner. And Blink was a and I like the phenomenal dog. episode. But then he changed them. So you know what? Go fuck yourself, Mofat. Go fuck yourself to death. He's the, the Weeping Angels. Yeah, he changed them when he brought them back later in the series. I can't talk about when he brought them back later in the series, and it was like the fucking Statue of Liberty. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Go, so just, stupid. Uh, he did such a good job with them in Blink. Such a good job. They, they were, were so terrifying. Good. Terrifying. Um, oh. And I also, it, it took me, they, it, it snuck up on me, but I do love the shit out of the Dalek. And I know that doesn't sound like, you know, like mm-hmm. the most earth shattering opinion, but I realized much later in the series when suddenly there was like a surprise, it's the Dalek, that I was just like... Yeah. <laughs> they're the best. They're so funny. They're so they're funny. They're so funny. Yeah. They're just very silly, and I like them a lot. I do. There's one moment in, in Smith's episodes, you know, when they go to the planet of the Daleks, and Amy is sort of, like, hallucinating because she's getting Dalekified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she walks into that one room where, like, all the Daleks are around, and she sees them as as people. And, mm-hmm. like, there's the one spinning ballerina Dalek in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I would watch a whole show about that one spinning ballerina, ballerina Dalek. Um, yeah, there have been worse spinoffs. Yeah, yeah. What I did not get on board with, and I always felt like it was, this was the the only point in the Doctor Who um, reboot that kind of maybe required a little bit of connection to the the originals mm-hmm. uh, was the master. Like I felt like the master wasn't for me as a new viewer wasn't like earned. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like if you had watched the original series, it was probably like holy shit, the master's back. Uh, once right? once they got it established, I really liked it. But the yeah. reveal of it was a little bit short because I didn't I didn't know about right exactly. the, the background. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, and but I wound up liking it a lot. Yeah. And that's how Tenant goes down, right? So it kind of felt like... Tenant goes down because... <laughs> All right, look. <laughs> no. <laughs> Getting emotional. Okay. Tenant goes down because the Time Lords are dickholes. And they come back. They created the Master is what we get revealed. is like they created him. They made him insane by like sending him this beacon through the ages of time. Uh, and when he was a like 10 year old boy um, on Gallifrey and he looked into the, into the vastness of time, he saw this beacon that they had sent him retroactively through time and it made him insane. And so mm. they, they did this. The what time it, Lords did it. What was the beacon? It was I'm sure, literally like, like a message to draw him to to save them in the in the future, 
but they sent it back through time to the mind of a 10 year old boy and made him insane because he was Hmm. that like that thumping that he was hearing in his head that that Mm -hmm. uh, time lord heartbeat that he was hearing over and over again was the beacon that they sent and he had that ringing in his head from the time that he was like a 10 year old boy till now and that's why he's a crazy person but he wasn't crazy for a long time because he and the doctor had been good friends for a while yeah but he had this like thing ringing in his ears slowly driving him crazy okay yeah okay i need to rewatch some things yeah so yeah so i just the the mastery i felt like i was missing out on that reveal but that's fine i mean the show doesn't make you watch literally anything that you don't want to watch <laughs> no. with the exception of caring about the master at first yeah do you much. like missy even though we're not talking about it oh i, I well i haven't missy is I haven't watched anything new. Oh. So, like, not... I don't think it's that new. What's the last thing you watched? The last thing I watched was fucking Clara. Fucking terrible Clara with... Clara and who? The beginning of Capaldi, and then I and then I quit, because I couldn't take it anymore. Okay, so you have to watch all of Capaldi. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I thought you could just watch Bill. Um, right, I need you to do that right now. Okay, I'll do that right now. <laughs> My homework is to put up with watching the rest of Clara's Clara gets worse. I believe you. I yeah. believe you so much. But it's worth it in the end. All right. Because does she die horribly? Is that why it's worth it? You know, I don't even remember. Okay. It's worth it because I like the next companion so much. Okay. All right. Good. It so, might be my favorite companion. That's a big deal. Of all of the companions. All right. And I believe you told me that when you came back from the future and convinced me to watch it. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like something that I'd say. Probably. Yeah. 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 All right. So I have to do that. Uh, I have to I have to catch up. I I just want to know, do you have like any. All right. What alien species from Doctor Who would you bone? Like which would be. Yeah. What would be the most boneable species of alien that they've given us? Do they have I mean, like of the weird ones of any of them? Here's what I want to bone. I don't, I'm, I'm a little tenuous on the details of this episode. Okay. The traffic jam episode. The cat people? You want to bone the cat people? Yeah, yeah of course. Okay. <laughs> what I thought I yeah, remembered was that they were regular people, not cat people, but that they had babies that were kittens. No, they were cat people and their babies oh. were kittens. Um, and then they grew up to be anthropomorphic cat people. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't really want to bone anthropomorphic cat people, but that, that is the first place my brain went. Yeah. Well, that, that makes complete sense to me. What about, are there cat people that are also like nuns? Yeah. They're the same species, just that some of them who work at the very weirdly Christian cat hospital are, (laughs) are nuns. So, you know. Huh. Okay, whatever so whatever that I implies. I just keep coming back around to that species. I mean, that's what? pretty depressing that, like, we have, like, six versions of New York City incarnated into the future, and we still have Christianity running our hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, which is an interesting, an interesting science fiction stance to take. Second answer is the skin. What? <laughs> the, the, are you... <laughs> 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 what? what you uh the skin now the skin. i know that i know what you're talking about can you please clarify just that there is I, a I semi-recurrent character that is the 
oldest human? The oldest human that has never... She's super racist. She's the on, oldest human that's never <laughs> that's never bred with a non-human species before. Why? All right. Yeah. That's super why racist. She, yeah, because she does not consider humans that have, like, intermingled with other species to be humans. She considers well, I mean, they're not the humans. I mean, they're, they're something else, maybe something better, but they're not technically humans. That's, I mean, that's how evolution works. Uh, yeah, but, like, she also lumps that into, like, because some of the other, like, planets have, like, humans on them. And she just, unless you were born on, on Earth, she has a very okay. strict, yeah. She's the last human born on Earth. Yes. And she's very old. And so all that's left of her is a sheet of skin mm-hmm. stretched between some poles. But she's got a mouth, so Avalon's got <laughs> but Ava- so Avalon's still on board. And she knows how to use it <laughs> by spewing racist remarks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the most disgusting thing I could think of. Yeah, that's horrible. Um, I specifically have a huge crush on Madame Vastra. I want to I want to get Who's that? in there. She's the the lizard lady who um, oh. eats the serial killers. I yeah, I, guess. Yeah, I have a thing about Her makeup's that. pretty good. Also, she's got that like slightly domineering attitude that I just, you know. No, I actually like uh, her girlfriend better. Jenny. Yeah, yeah. I like Jenny too. Jenny. But, yeah. Yeah. Madame Foster makes me kind of mad. Well, yeah, she's got some issues, but like Jenny whips her into shape. Yeah, I like Jenny. Mm-hmm. Not just because Jenny isn't a lizard, just personality, I guess. Yeah, well, she's got that cute accent too. And like a slight speech impediment, which is really hot. I love to speech. me. I love I'm not speech say impediments. Hot, but so I am much. gonna say that I love them. <laughs> I do. I I definitely, if I had a list of like my five things, speech impediments would be one of them. Yep. No, I have a thing. I have a thing about that. Yeah. For sure. mm-hmm. Now we're gonna have to fight about that. Uh, we don't need to fight about it. Let's just. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just can't share. Be, be can't share. Oh, that's people with speech impediments. All right. What's another good? question we are out of time avalon no we're not we, avalon what i could talk about doctor who and what aliens i want to bone all day but i have a job that is making me go to it i think that that is irresponsible I think you're right absolutely you're right well what am i supposed to do between now and next week diana well you can find us on like all of the social medias you can get at us. All of them? What about Snapchat? You can get to me on Snapchat, but Avalon is a stick in the mud. So It's too confusing! <laughs> it's literally not. It is. It literally is. <laughs> you you can find us at Femsplain Podcast on Instagram, at Femsplain Cast on Twitter, Femsplain Podcast on Facebook, and at our blog, FemsplainPodcast.wordpress.com. And on YouTube, if you search Femsplain Podcast, oh, yeah. you can watch some of the cool stuff that we've done so far, like our live episode or like the Dames and Games panel that I did at the Cogs Expo or other things. And that's... Oh, that. wow. 
It's a lot of places. That <laughs> <laughs> is a lot of places. And don't forget, <laughs> listeners, uh, if you've made it this far in the episode, then I think that it's not unreasonable to ask you to take a couple of seconds to like us, leave us a review, do things like that on iTunes uh, where you presumably listen to us, or Google Play. Uh, if you have feedback, constructive criticism, questions, or suggestions, you can email us at femsplainedpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, that's a lot of places to find us, and I'm really excited, but I unfortunately have to go to work right now, and I don't want to. Uh, I'm going to have to just go back in time so that I can get a little bit more sleep before this workday starts. Yeah, and while you're going back in time, make sure you uh, give me the heads up that Bill's a pretty cool companion. Okay, I'll let you know. All right, Avalon, you have a good day. Bye. You have a better day.